0: This is a presentation of Northeast Streaming Sports.
1: Good morning. You're listening to the Mac and Jack
0: Sports Show on Northeast Streaming Sports. Good morning. You're listening to the Mac and Jack Sports Show here on our Thursday edition I'm your host, Mac from the Sports Corner Live, and this is Jack Hirsch from Florida Live at the same time. Both experienced great weather. How are you doing this morning, Jack?
2: Hey, good, Mac. You're also listening to the birds in the background here. Yes. You know, there's a lot to tweet about with what was going on in the NFL playoffs. <laughs> NBA playoffs. NBA playoffs are the news wrap Before we know it, we'll be to the NFL playoffs. I mean it's true. Thoughts goes
0: year-round, year so uh, sure, why don't you start us off with what's happening. Yeah, let's start with the NBA playoffs, uh, Jack. Last night, um, the Bulls come from behind to beat Toronto 109-105. To um, Zach Levine with 39 points, and there was something interesting in the stands. One of the Bulls' daughters was screaming every time that they, the other team took a shot and uh, the Raptors ended up uh, only hitting fifty percent of the shots, Jack. So a little help from the daughter.
2: Well, DeRozian's daughter on the Bulls, who was traded from uh, Toronto to, you know, used to be a Raptor. And uh, good morning, David. There and you, you, something about the playing tournament in which we didn't put enough emphasis on in this show. There's a big difference between the top six, they're the playoffs, seven and eight and nine and 10. The teams that are seeded seven and eight, they're given slack. They're basically given two games in which they have to win one to advance the playoff round. The teams that finish ninth and 10th It's one and done. If you lose that game, the the ninth seed playing the 10th seed, you're out, you're finished. And that's what's happened in the tournament, okay? Uh, Last night, the Chicago Bulls beat the Toronto Raptors, and the Raptors have to go home now. They were the ninth seed, and they lost to the 10th seed, uh, the Bulls. The New Orleans Pelicans, the ninth seed, lost to the 10th seed, the Oklahoma City Thunder. The Pelicans now go home. Their season's over the night before. The number eight seed, the Minnesota Timberwolves, lose to the Lakers. But the Timberwolves still advance in this sense. They play OKC on Friday. And the winner of that game becomes the eighth seed. So even though the Timberwolves lost to the Lakers, Because they were the eighth seed instead of the ninth or tenth, their season's not over. The same with the Miami Heat. They lose to the Atlanta Hawks. Okay, they were the seventh seed. But because they were either the seventh or eighth seed, they advance and Miami plays the Chicago Bulls on Friday night. And the loser goes home, but the winner advances. So even though Miami and Minnesota lost their opening games, they're not eliminated, but the Raptors and Pelicans are eliminated because they were ninth seeds. They were in either seventh or eighth seeds in the play-in tournament. So, we, you know, we should have put a little more emphasis on that during the season. We, keep, we kept looking back top six, the cutoff, how important it is not to be in the play-in tournament. But what we should have analyzed a little more, once you're in the play-in tournament – it's a major, major advantage to be seventh or eighth as opposed to ninth or tenth, because if you're ninth or tenth, you have to win two games to advance into the playoff tournament, and if you're seventh or eighth, you have to win
0: one out of two. Right, exactly. Um, you know, with with the uh, let's talk a little bit about Zion Williams with New Orleans. Um, Williamson, yeah, he, you know, Jack, he's always had a problem with his injuries all the way back to college. um and still to today, um he's still having his injuries uh, problems didn't play. And that was a big reason I think that they lost Jack.
2: Oh, it's a major reason they lost, but I don't know as fuzzy as injuries going back to college. He was the number one overall pick in the draft. So if injuries were a major concern, He wasn't going to go that high. He has a big body. He's a big guy. So you'd think he might be a little more prone to being injured. The thing with Zion is people are now questioning his injuries. And he said something about the game. He says, well, I'm not going to go out there unless I'm 100% to help my team. And you think of other guys who are not 100% or do anything to get back on the court. We don't know how Zion's feeling. We don't. I heard within the locker room, no one is objecting to him being out. We haven't heard rumblings from the players. Larry Nance on his team says, we have Zion's back. We know he's not well. They're not questioning him. I usually look towards what the other players say on the team. If they're rumblings, then there's something wrong. But if his teammates are going to have a guy's back, I'm not going to question it. I don't, we don't know what how much Zion is hurting, you know. Yeah. is he under injury risk? Now we we heard well maybe the doctors cleared him, but let's be honest about it, Mac. The doctors are working for the team, even though they're supposed to be professionals. Call it like they see it, and obviously, if someone is badly hurt, they're not going to sign off on he on that he can play. But it could be one of these borderline injuries where player just doesn't feel right, where he feels he could easily re-injure himself. And the doctor says, oh, you're okay. You could go back in there and play. The player has got to look out for himself. He knows his own body first and foremost. You know, I remember a lot of years ago, there was this pitcher, J.R. Richard, and they thought he was faking it. Why he couldn't pitch. He kept saying he's not feeling good. And People were criticizing him all the time, and he suffered a stroke shortly after, you know? So you never know how a guy is feeling and, I mean, what kind of shape he is to play. Zion was on the bench cheering his team on. Now, you mean to tell me, Mac, he wouldn't have enough pride to not go out there and play but sit on the bench? You mean that wouldn't bother him enough? For him to sit there and say, look, I should be out there helping my guys. It was probably eating him up inside, I have to assume. I'm willing willing to give him the benefit of the doubt, you know, at this point in his career. But going forward, you know, something is going to have to be resolved in his career. He's missed so much time. We know the type of talent he is once he's in there. He's a a big difference maker when he's in there. Should he have been in there last night against OKC? I mean, only he knows for sure. But if this is going to happen the next two, three, four years, he's going to have to miss time like this. Then whether he's hurt, not hurt, you know, it, it gets to the point where you're going to have to adjust your thinking like the role he's going to have on the team. Let me ask you this, Mac: Zion is such a major difference maker when he's healthy. If you're the New York Knicks, for example, and you want to get over the top, uh, uh, you, do you call the New Orleans Pelicans a figure? Maybe they're a little sick of Zion. They want stability. Do you offer R.J. Barrett for Zion and give and throw in a number one draft pick? If you're the next,
0: I mean, yeah. If he if he's not injured, he's, he's a difference maker. That's the biggest. Well, question Well, you don't know.
2: You don't know not you say not injured. You don't know what he's going to be going forward. Do you right. take that risk, Mac?
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. And definitely. To
2: get Zion, so you're maybe getting a guy who might not play much the rest of his career, and you're giving up a big talent, and RJ Barrett, and the number one pick. Maybe New Orleans it, it gets to the point where they're going to do that. They gave Zion the big contract at the beginning of the year. They yeah. gave him the big money, despite yeah. not having the history of being on the court. They were willing, based on his potential, what they have seen of him so far, to give him the major money. So Zion's contract's not an issue now. He's got his money. You know, so if you trade for Zion, you got to pay him the big, big money.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know if you trade Barrett for him. I would imagine you would trade a big man down low, maybe a Randall, um, maybe somebody like that, because really R.J. Barrett is a lot different than Zion Williams. But I would definitely, either way, I would definitely look at that, Jack.
2: Well, that was his teammate at Duke. The year Zion went number one in the draft, Jay Morant went number two, but Barrett went number three. So they're kind of, you know, they were bunched up that year.
0: Yeah, yeah. And speaking of John Morant, you have the Lakers uh, who won in overtime, one hundred eight to 102. (laughs) LeBron James had 30 points um, and Davis had 15 rounds. He did get hurt later on in the game Um, going up against John Morant and the Memphis Grizzlies. Now, Memphis is a little banged up, Jack, and and Lakers will be going there, but they still got John Morant, who they haven't been able to cover. Um, what do you see happening in that series, Jack?
2: You know, I mean, I'm not as enthralled with the Lakers as a lot of other people. I think a lot of people are picking the Lakers to maybe, you know, get to the finals, maybe win it all based on reputation, because it's a brand name, L.A. Lakers, LeBron James. And they did win a championship during the pandemic short year. And we hear, well, if Anthony Davis shows up in top form and plays like a superstar, we know LeBron is a superstar. Yeah, I mean, they're capable. But we're talking about best four out of seven and beating a Memphis team that's been consistent all year, that's young, that's hungry. That's bold. I mean, I see Memphis winning that, and I don't see it going, you know, the full seven games. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's being the greatest rivalry right now in the NBA. I think if it comes down to that. If Memphis meets up with Golden State yeah. in the playoffs, that's like the heated rivalry. It seems like the players hate one another, and it's like a good old-fashioned Donnybrook Brook. I like Memphis in the series, you know, over the Lakers. Me too. Man. But listen, in the beginning of the year, I picked the Minnesota Timberwolves to win it all. Now, if Rudy Gobert wasn't suspended for the one game, Timberwolves may very well have beaten the Lakers. Timberwolves awesome. lost in overtime to yeah. the Lakers in the play-in games in LA, so the Timberwolves were right there. And don't sell the Timberwolves short. They play OK seeing the play play-in game one and done in Minnesota. Minnesota's gonna win that game. And yeah. Minnesota plays at Denver, and we know the Nuggets really don't show up and play up to their capabilities during the playoffs. They have a history of that. I could see Minnesota upending Denver in the playoffs. I can absolutely see it. And then if Memphis, the number two seed, advances. Minnes of the Lakers and Minnesota would be playing Memphis, who yeah. they could have nearly beat last year. They lost in six games. I hate to say nearly beat if one won six games, but they were leading in three of those games. They lost reasonably late in the game, and I think this year's version of Timberwolves would have finished the job. Don't sell, don't completely count the Timberwolves out the way every everyone else
1: is.
0: Okay. All right so um Trey Young has a big game 25 points Clint Capelia, 21 Coppelia. rebounds yes and uh all the bench players had were in double digits so it was a complete team effort. Um, I watched
2: the game Mac the heat didn't show up yeah he did not show up. I mean, you know, we we remember the run I mentioned during the pandemic shortened season where the Heat went to the finals unexpectedly, took the Lakers six games in the finals, made that serious, serious run of winning the NBA championship. But to see them against the Hawks at home, you know, no spark, nothing going on. You know, I shouldn't say no spark. They did make a run in the second half. You know, they were far back and then they cut it to three and they kept, you know, they looked like finally they woke up and then they fell back again. It just was a disappointing effort against the Heat. And they play the Chicago Bulls now at home Friday night and one and done to see who advances. I'm picking the Bulls to beat the Heat. How do you like that? In Miami, I'm picking the Bulls to beat the Heat. And when the Bulls beat the Heat, that means the Bulls would go to Boston, or Miami would go to Boston to play the Celtics in the next round.
0: Yeah, yeah. NHL news, Jack. Uh, the Penguins uh, end their 16 uh, season playoff uh, run. There, um, I think it's the third longest in NHL history. Um, the uh, the Bruins uh, hit another record. They scored. Uh, 133 points uh, for the year, um, and and listen, the Kraken is doing their thing too. Uh, they're playing some good hockey, so uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, I like the Bruins going all the way and winning it all, Jack.
2: Hockey's so unpredictable, but the pressure's really on the Bruins: most points, most wins in the regular season. You know, you mentioned uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins 16 years in a row or so making the playoffs. Pittsburgh Steelers 18 years in a row are winning records. Talk about consistency in Pittsburgh yeah. always being in the mix. The Steelers, the Penguins. But the Pittsburgh Pirates, Mac. what's it been like uh, 20 years in a row and not going to the playoffs in baseball? I don't know. I'm just. Off yeah. the top of my head, so the pirates are in reverse. I guess the pirates are good. You take the kiddies to the ball game. You have fun. You don't take winning seriously if you're a pirate fan. But if you steal a fan and a penguin fan, certainly those teams they competitively, you know, give you a lot to cheer for.
0: I mean, you could throw the Phillies in there too, going to the World Series, not winning. But oh, no, no, the- that's
2: Philadelphia. I'm talking about Pittsburgh. Well, Matt. They hate one
0: Philadelphia,
2: Pittsburgh and Philadelphia hate one another,
0: man. but Pittsburgh is still in Philadelphia. So I got to give it them. It
2: does uh, Buffalo count. is in New York State. Do you think anyone in New York City gives a darn about it? You know what's interesting, Max?
1: <laughs> yeah, go ahead.
2: Jet I'm a Jet fan. You're a Giant fan. Right. We have no use for the Buffalo Bills, one way or the what other. I
0: like the Buffalo Bills. What do you say it? You're you're a Bill fan. I like the Bills. I like their fans. I think they're a great I fans. like their
2: fans too. Their fans really, are beautiful. That's really, but you don't care about the team if they win or lose, do you? Not really. Not really. Not really. But you care about the Giants. Okay, you're a Connecticut guy. So wait, wait, it's different for you. You're a bad example. I'm a bad example. I live in New York, you know, the majority of the year. I couldn't care less about the Buffalo Bills. I'm a Jet fan, but the Bills play in New York State. The Jets play in New Jersey. So if you want to look at it from that perspective, the Bills are more my team as far as geography goes in a sense, because they play in the state that I reside in and the Bills, I mean, in the, the Bills play in the state I reside in. The Jets play in another state I don't reside in. I mean, but what am I supposed to do State-wise, Am I supposed to not be a Miami Dolphin fan? Because at the tail end of the winter, I'm around the Miami area.
1: Right. It, it
2: doesn't work that way, Mac. I mean, I got these problems. You're living in Connecticut. All you can root for is college basketball. You got Jack, no
0: teams now. Jack, there. Jack, the Bills are in your conference. How can you not care about what the Bills do? If the Bills well, want to lose, well, <laughs> they play. I do care. All right, that's what I say. You do care about the Bills, anyway. So, so
2: you should be like a New England Patriot fan because oh. you're kind of located closer to them.
0: But oh, well, yeah.
2: Let's get I mean, off this. This is a sickening
1: I mean, topic, Matt. Okay. Uh, let's get off this topic.
0: All right. The uh, Major League Baseball, the Tampa Bay Rays. 12 in a row, Jack. They have won. They have beaten the MLB um, uh, streak, but they're like one or two games behind the total league. Uh, Tampa Bay, are they going to break the record, Jack?
2: Well, I picked them to finish in fourth place. I picked the Yankees, Blue Jays, Orioles, Rays. I thought the Rays would go like 82 and 80. They'd hover around 500 for the year. I'll say it again, Mac. It's way too early. They're on a great, great run. Even bad teams go on a run at some point during the season. Maybe they'll win 12 in a row. Maybe win eight, nine in a row. They go on these streaks. Or maybe they win uh, 11 out of 13. The Rays are doing a little better than that. It's because it's the start of the season. Everyone is going crazy with this. And remember last year with the Yankees? You took away my Yankee card because I felt they would really have a down year. Yes. And I thought the Yankees would actually finish a couple of games under 500. I did not like their team last year. This year, I liked their team a lot, picking them to go to the World Series. But the Yankees had a historic start. People are talking in terms of the Yankees might break the record for wins. Right. But the second half of the season, the Yankees played under 500 baseball statistically the second half of last year. So they were the type of team the second half of last year that I thought they'd be the whole year. It right. took them a while to get bad. And I think the Rays come back down to earth. Oh, I- I would, I'm would. i not going to get overly excited right now, but I will say this. It's fun. If the Rays are playing right now, 12-0, and 0, it's must watch, you know, when the Rays are playing. You're you kind of want to see them keep it going in a way you know even if you're a fan of another team not that you want to see them win as far as the standings go but anytime a team is on a run you want to see them get it. it it's listen it's the same way sometimes with a pitcher if you have a pitcher trying to get a perfect game he's pitching against your team at the end of seven innings he has a perfect game you want your team to break the perfect game up. And then again, a part of you doesn't want your team to break the perfect game up. You want to see, can the guy keep it going, even against your team? So you're kind of like torn a little bit between, you know, uh, the two. That's one of the things, Mac, why I never liked Pedro Martinez. Jorge Posada says he's a mi- labeled Pedro Martinez a miserable person. I won't go that far, but I don't like Pedro Martinez, not only because he would throw it bad as he threw behind Kareem Garcia's head. I'm not a fan of Pedro Mar- Martinez at all. But when Mike Mussina was one out away from a perfect game, and the Yankees were winning some like 8-0, and Carl Everett gets a hit for the Red Sox, you see Pedro on the dugout steps all happy about it. Yeah. You know, on one end, I understand you don't want to see a team a perfect game against your team. But being a fellow pitcher out of respect for the other guy, you don't make it obvious how happy you are. He was, he was a jealous guy, Pedro Martinez. Bottom line, he didn't want to see Musina get a perfect game because he was jealous. A yeah. jealous guy who would throw at batters. And uh, I'm, not, I'm not a fan. The heck with Pedro Martinez, but he was a great pitcher. He He was was. a great pitcher. And I would would have accepted him onto the Yankees in his prime unhesitatingly.
0: No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. Uh, You know, with Tampa Bay, a lot has to do with their organization, Jack. And they seem to do this every year. They get these great young, uh, young pitchers. They bring up the minor leaguers. They let them play. And this year, it's just paying off for them. So, you know. Credit to the Tampa Bay organization. They did. A, they've done a great job again. And they
2: and they sign guys at the right time, at the right price, and they have them tied into a contract for a while. Unlike the Yankees, right. Yankees wait until the guys one year from free agency, then maybe they make them an offer, and then they go public like with that judge fiasco. And now with Gleyber Torres, Gleyber Torres will be a free agent after the 2024 season. He loves being a Yankee. The Yankees should offer him an extension at a nice price to make Glaber Torres happy. Yet the Yankees are doing nothing. Glaber Torres is going to have a great year because he's the real thing. This is an inauguration. And at the end of the season, the Yankees are going to make Glaber Torres an offer. Maybe he'll accept it. Who knows? But he's going to be one year away from free agency, and maybe he doesn't. So the Yankees are going to have their hand forced. They might have to trade him away. He's not an iconic player like a judge who's a personality. Who You, you, you need a judge's brand. You don't need to brand the Glaber Torres. You need the player on the field. But the Yankees, it's as if they're not sure about Gleyber Torres. Roll the darn dice. Make a decision. as he your guy the next few years? But the Yankees is in well, of it develops, if this happens, that happens. Just work something out when you have a
0: chance. Yeah. I Hey, listen, I agree. Speaking of Gleyber Torres, uh, one of the regions the Yankees came back and won that game uh, against Cleveland. Um you know, he 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 scored the winning run and they picked up Jack. Uh his name is Caldero. Uh and he's, he's been and hit, Yeah, he's been hitting the ball. Three run homer, uh uh RBI single. Listen, Jack, I mean maybe- he
2: Matt. he's like Matt Carpenter was last year. Carpenter was great, created a buzz by the end of the year, you know, got injured, was no longer a Yankee the next right, year. Right. I mean the Yankees badly need you know, outfield help. They got him from Baltimore. He's filling in doing well. It's just uh it's just way too early.
0: Yeah. Way yeah. you
2: know, way too early. Okay. All
0: right. All right. Uh Judge had a streak of forty four games uh, i on base broken. Um Cole's been pitching really well. Uh last night, um what's his name? Losagaya.
2: Yeah, Clay Holmes, too. I'm going to tell you, he's a Yankee closer this year. He's competent. He could be good. The Yankees need some bullpen help, Mac. I oh, know their that. bullpen has been good this year. They've been going bullpen by committee. It's been working out with Clay Holmes to close. You want to hear something ironic? Nice Chapman is with the Kansas City Royals. He's been really good for them. And the thing about Chapman, he's regained his velocity. Yeah. He's throwing harder than anyone in baseball once again. You know, he reached a radar gun one hundred two, one hundred three the other day. His fastball is back, Mac. Yeah. And the Yankees couldn't get rid of him quick enough. And believe me, if Chapman was available now, the Yankees would snatch him up, and they had him. But yeah. uh, but but with that said, I'm not being critical of the Yankees moving on from Chapman because by the end of the year last year he couldn't find a plate. Yeah. He was so erratic, you couldn't trust him to be a closer. And Chapman's mindset wasn't one of a setup man, you know, because the guy's been a closer his whole career. So it's either closer or bust. A lot of it's mentally, mental And but just the idea that Chapman has really been lights out, uh, you know, kind of has to hurt the Yankees a little because they could use, you know, another high effective arm in the bullpen.
0: Correct. Uh, Last night, the Mets won five to two and the Phillies uh, won eight to four. So that's the you
2: wonder about the Mets. They took two out of three against the Padres which had to give them a degree of satisfaction because they lost to the Padres in the playoffs. But you get the feeling the Mets are kind of treading water in to a degree. I mean, they're doing okay. You know, there's so many teams in the National League that could win it. And you look at all the moves the Mets made and are they really improved over last year. You know, they don't have to improve over the last year. They won 101 games. They just have to play better in the playoffs. That's yeah. all it is. Yeah. I mean, how do you improve on 101 games? I mean, if they win 98 games, that's fine this year. But did they really get better? Did they just get replacement plays? Uh, in a way, they re Brand and Nemo. And when you think of it, over $20 million a year for eight years for a player like Nemo, they overpaid. Yeah, they overpaid. They should maybe let him go to Colorado at that price. But look, Steve Cohn has the money. Edwin Diaz is a next factor. He wants to get back before the season's over. Maybe he can. Everyone's timeline is a little different, but the type of knee injury he had, it would seem to project he couldn't be back till about, you know, October. And by that time, it would appear to be too late, you know, well into the playoffs if they make it that far. But the Mets still, you're waiting for certain players to wake up, and you're looking at them position by position. They're good, but do we give them any degree of favoritism over the Padres lineup, over the Dodgers lineup, over the Braves lineup, you know, even over the Phillies lineup? The Mets, in other words, are one of about yeah. six teams that could win it yeah. in the National League.
0: Speaking of the Dodgers, the Diamondbacks took two out of three from them. Anyway, oh, they check. So too early. Uh, What cares, happened Max? to the Dodgers?
2: Nothing happened to the Dodgers. What's the matter with the Dodgers? Well I, well, I don't see that. It's early in the year. Nothing is the matter with the Dodgers. Who
0: cares? do no, no, no,
2: Jack. I do Who gives a it's listen. The Giants, the Giants are playing Early better April, than them. Right?
0: The Giants are playing better than the Dodgers are playing better, and Arizona's playing better than I them. Know, right I, now. I, I,
2: not I, you know, Mac. This is kind of <laughs> demeaning in a way to me to take a look at yes. the uh, standings. I it's take, really I demeaning.
3: I'm going to take
2: a look, take you, a look because you, you know, uh, maybe just to you, me, you. I just thank you. Yeah, let me see what the Dodgers. Yeah. The Dodgers are seven and six and one game out. That is not yeah, that, that is is not, in the yeah. first place at eight and five. The Dodgers yeah. are one game out. Who gives a darn? The, the, the Dodgers five race at seven-six. The Giants are behind them at five and seven. And you're bragging on the Giants, man.
0: Yes, the Giants, the are, Giants are playing three. well right now. They're playing. The Giants are well.
2: five and seven after 12 yes. games. That's but they're well still,
0: I'm talking about right now, yes. Jeff.
2: That's a team that won 107 games the year before last, and you're thinking they should be happy?
0: Yes, I think. I think. Listen, I think the Dodgers aren't going to be as good as everybody thinks. Let me put it that way.
2: Maybe that. Well, you know, the thing is, a lot of people feel the Dodgers. You were talking the Dodgers are taking a tiny step back this year; that they'll make the playoffs, but they're not a powerhouse to go in the series. They're kind of adjusting their books, the salaries, they're paying players. They're going to make a serious run at Otani next year. Yeah. You know, for him to come go cross town, he's going to be a free agent, go from the Los Angeles Angels to the Los Angeles Dodgers, stay in the same town. And uh, the Angels are the ones under pressure. If they want to retain Otani, they've got to win. Otani's going to stay. He's going to go to the place that makes him happy. Mm-hmm. And if the Angels go on a great run, let's say the Angels go to the World Series, chances are Tani's not going to want to leave because the Angels will pay him the big money. Right, That's not going to be a factor. And right now, if you look at the Angels, yeah, I mean, they're tied with Texas for first place. Like, who cares? They're both seven and five. But the point is, if the Angels show upside, they're in the playoffs, they're getting right players, he's playing, continues to play with Mike Trapp, there's a chance they can retain Otani. That's why they're not trading him. But no. I'll tell you, if the Angels all of a sudden hit a wall the way they always do, and by the trade deadline, they're out of it, they're probably going to move Otani, get something in return, because by that point, they know Otani's not coming back if the angels aren't making a run at the world world series, because it would give them no hope in the future.
0: If, if Ohtani doesn't sign with the angels, I see him going with the Padres who, who will sign him for a lot of money. I mean, they, they, money's no object to them.
2: Uh, we well, keep this in mind too. They sign Ohtani one year after that, they got to deal with Juan Soto. True. He's going to be a free agent as well. Uh, the Dodgers will come close to matching Otani. Otani will have so many endorsements and this and that. Let's say the Padres offered him fifty uh, five million a year, and the Dodgers offered him fifty two million a year. Even yeah. fifty million a year, without how much less would Otani take? Would he take a sum total of let's say forty million less on a deal? Players do that. If they want to stay somewhere, bad enough. Uh, case in point, Aaron Judge could have had a 10-year deal from the Padres. Uh, they offered him 400 million for 10 years. It could have gone up to 410. Right. So he and he signed for nine years, 360 with the Yankees. So Judge actually left 50 million on the table. When you look at it. Now, maybe he plays more than nine years and can recoup that money. There's always a chance. But you have to figure nine years, you're done after nine years, and you're 40 years old. You yeah. know, you're not going to get any big tight money. You might not even be in the league after the nine years. So players will sometimes leave a little extra on the table if it's lucrative enough and they really want to stay you, – you, if the did enough from the team they're with and they really want to stay there bad enough.
0: Okay. All right. So, a little NFL news, Jack. Uh, the Ravens signed OBJ to one year $15 million. He gave the Jets a chance to. $15 million.
2: How much did you say?
0: 15, fifteen million
2: dollars. Fifteen yeah. million. I'm hearing wrong. I could have sworn you said million max, fifteen million, Matt. Fifteen million. Oh my god. So yeah, yeah. I mean, even you don't make mistakes like that. I mean, I'm hearing <laughs> I think that with incentives, they said they could go up to 18 million. Right. How much of a say do you think Lamar Jackson had in that? Because that's saying like an odd matchup. Yes. Because Lamar Jackson, he can throw better than people think, but Lamar Jackson's status. Seems a little uncertain. I think OBJ signed that. I think it was more a a financial move than a football move by far. I don't think any other team was offering him anywhere near that type of money. And I think it's enough money where OBJ can live with a deal like that. It's not like they're saying, "Oh, we're going to give you five million a year." We well, he feel, say, hey, I got to be one of the higher paid receivers at least. He's going to beat out Baltimore.
0: Yeah, and Jackson, I think that was a move by the Ravens uh to keep Jackson around, uh to sign him again, uh maybe to another franchise. try to get him to sign a franchise tag. Um so well, he's
2: gonna have to, he's gonna have to accept a franchise tag. He's not playing. He right. He doesn't have a choice in this Lamont. Well That's he can right. he
0: can he can he can refuse to play and refuse to sign if he wants.
2: You now he could call the Ravens bluff in this way by playing. He could be franchise tagged every year, and that's yeah. going to cost the Ravens a lot more money than if they gave him a guaranteed long-term deal. That Sean Watson signing threw everything out of whack.
1: Yeah. It
2: every the players want to use that as a, as a precedent, and the owners are saying no, it's not a precedent because Cleveland gave a fully guaranteed deal. They were so desperate to get Deshaun Watson and make him their franchise quarterback. And teams don't want to give a fully guaranteed deal. Teams have shown an indication, Mac, they might be willing to go up to three years fully guaranteed. When I say fully guaranteed, I mean long-term. Right. Like they're not going to give a six-year guaranteed deal to a quarterback. They might go up to three years. And reportedly, they did offer Lamar Jackson really – good, good money over like three years guaranteed, most of it guaranteed. They were something like $122 million guaranteed, but he wanted the, the Sean Watson treatment like $230 million guaranteed. And they weren't, weren't going to do it, the Ravens. Uh, they're yeah. holding firm. Uh, so Lamar Jackson could go, he could accept the franchise tag and then further negotiate with the Ravens, but the Ravens aren't going to move and give him what he wants. That's not yes, happening.
0: I agree. A couple other people uh, and happens to be on my team, Saquon Barkley, Barkley and Dexter Lawrence, they're not going to sign a franchise tag uh, Jack, <coughs> which makes them ineligible to play on involuntary workouts.
2: I got to laugh when I see our reports. Well, Dexter... That's the Lawrence and Leonard Williams. They're the anchor, the giant defensive line. They're the guys we keep hearing when we talk about the giant defensive line, those are the guys. No one mentions Thibodeau out of the clear blue. is yep. being an anchor on the defensive line. Well, okay. He's a defense, I thought I'd throw that in there. You know, with he's, the he's, a
0: line, he's a linebacker slash defensive end, Jack. He's not in the middle. He doesn't play the middle. Well,
2: the point is, he's to pass Russia. Well, yeah. Lawrence yeah. and Williams are, you know, your guys who bring the heat on the quarterback. Right. Thibodeau was supposed to. Well, but Thibodeau's going to be a good player, not anything more than a good player. Oh, you know, perhaps God. you know over time. But that—that's about as far as you're going to go. There we I go. I mean, they, you know, he'll be a useful they, player. They he's resigned.
0: They resigned. War too. War's resigned, and. uh That defensive end is a big boy.
2: Yeah. You know, these signings are tricky. One thing I don't understand, and I'm glad the viewers don't ask me, I couldn't handle this. I couldn't handle the cap figuring all this out. I mean, as much as I followed football, you really need a cap expert to come in there who can understand the wheelings and dealings. That's why a lot of times I'm not critical of GMs because they have to make hard moves. Like it's easy sometimes to talk in baseball because in baseball, you know, it's revenue sharing. You know how far you can go, but to readjust these football contracts, you don't do that in baseball, but you could come back and see a player and work it out. The Packers with Aaron Jones, for example, they great running back. Right, he was making 16 million a year. It wasn't guaranteed.
1: Right. The
2: Packers were going to cut him unless he was going to take a pay cut because they had these cap considerations. So Aaron Jones was willing to take a cut from 16 to 11 million. He figured, and that, and the Packers figured that's fair. We have a high-end running back. And now it gives us some more breathing room to work things out with our books with other players. Yeah, Certain players won't take the cut. They'll just want to go elsewhere and see what they can get. So it's a question of a player. How much cut is he going to want to take to work with the team? How much leverage does he have? Look, at Patrick Mahomes, he can tell the Chiefs, no, I'm not taking less money. The heck with you. I'm getting the full amount. What are the Chiefs going to do? They can't do a darn thing with Patrick Mahomes. They're not going to cut him. They have to accept it. Some quarterbacks, like Tom Brady for years, he would take less money and work things out, deferred payments, this and that, so the Patriots can get better players. But of course, at that time, he was married with Giselle, who was having a fortune of money, so you could do stuff like that. I heard Peyton Manning never took cuts in pay. And I'm not critical. I'm not critical, Mac. If you don't want to take a cut in pay for whatever reason, why should you? I mean, it's up to you. No, no, it really is. The team has an option. They can cut you, move on from you. But if you're that good, you earn your money. You shouldn't have to all of a sudden take less. You worked out a deal for them to pay you X amount of money then they come back to you, oh, take less? You imagine going on a job interview, Mac, in everyday life. They tell you how much you're getting paid for the year. And then at some point, your boss sees no. you. At the end of the one year you're working then, saying, oh, by the way, business is a little slow, this and that. How about taking, you know, five, five grand a year less? And you're thinking, well, is yeah. business really that slow? He wants to bring in more help, this and that. You know, a lot. Some people might do it, but I, I'm not critical of someone who doesn't.
0: Yeah, yeah. Listen, I agree with you there. Um, it looks like the uh, the Jets, uh, Douglas, is Joe Douglas is staying uh, standing by there is is ground against the Packers. Uh, there probably won't be a deal for Rogers made till right before. Um, you know, the draft. Um, I don't know, Jack. I mean, this has been a long time. People have been talking about Rodgers' like jets forever. Go
2: ahead, Mac. What is taking so long? I'm sick of it at this point. You either get a deal now, it doesn't become easier later on, right. I mean, make a Don deal. I'm going to be honest about it, Mac, and this is going to sound really bad. You don't, as a Jet person, I would have in the beginning traded one player for Rogers, the number 13 overall pick for Aaron Rodgers. And my logic would have been one player. And they'll say, well, you traded you tra- the number 13 pick. And I'd say Aaron Rodgers is my number 13 draft choice. I'm getting an elite quarterback. It's unpredictable how long he will be in the Jets. The Jets want guarantees he plays beyond the year. There are no guarantees. It might be one year and done. He might play a few years. But if the Jets feel they are ready to win now mode, they could go to the Super Bowl. If everything falls into place, you go for it now. So it's gotten to the point where the Packers want to do this. They want one of the Jets' number two draft choices, and they want their number one in next year. And reportedly, Woody Johnson, the Jet owner, doesn't want to give up the number one in next year, understandably. But you got to give up value to get value. People forget what the Jets did to get Sam Donald in the draft. The Jets were going number six in the draft overall to move up three spots to go to number three, the Jets flip-flop with the Colts, the number third and number six pick, and they gave them three number two draft choices to just move up. I mean, come on. That was a bold move. team pick up. chances are it's a very good player coming out of the draft but it's one player and but you're getting a good player in Aaron Rodgers the quarterback of your team and it, it it changes the face of the franchise next year Matt anywhere the Jets go with Aaron Rodgers it's not just on the field he's their rock star they go on the road you think in terms of Aaron Rodgers and and the Jets are coming to town, you know? And how much Aaron Rodgers has left, we don't know. Didn't have a good year last year. He was unbalanced, you could say, a little better than average. That's right. about it. But the two years before he was the MVP, we don't know which Aaron Rodgers is going to show up. We just don't know. But listen... Any way you look at it, he's going to be a lot better than what, what they've had in, at quarterback in recent times, and we've got to finally put a stop to this. If they just called the Packers today and said, look, let's just cut a deal, let's go in the room, Joe Douglas, their GM, flies to Green Bay and says, look, either we resolve it today or no deal altogether. I'm meeting with you, I'm sitting in the room, If we can't come to a deal today, we're moving on, and it's just not working out. But you – but and you offer them, to me, the number 13 pick, the first pick. If Green Bay doesn't take it, you know, sayonara. I'm looking elsewhere.
0: I don't see him giving up that first round 13th pick, Jack. I don't see that happening, so –
2: but did you agree Green they would take it if the Jets offered? Oh,
0: yeah. Oh, definitely. They'd, they'd be. But, but
2: Is it worth it, Mac, for the Jets to trade it? Think of it. Even up. And and we put an end to the Aaron Rodgers thing. Or if you're the Jets, you give a number two this year. When you know your number two is a high picks. Yeah. 42nd right. and 43rd yeah. overall. See, so if the Jets give up their number one, they're still going to get two decent players in the draft. 42nd and 43rd.
1: Yeah, and look at all
2: know. these number one draft picks. Mac who are just so so uh, that you know the Detroit Lions just traded Jeff uh, Okada, uh, um, pronounced yep. his name wrong, to yeah, the Falcons. Right. He right. was their number cornerback. He was just recently what what like three years ago the number third overall pick in the draft, and he didn't work out. Right. So have an attitude. The number thirteen pick might not work out anyway. You know, and just make the dawn deal. You're letting this linger on. It, it, the, the balances of power could eventually change. And I'm gonna tell you, Matt, There's always a possibility another team could swoop in all of a sudden. Say, hey, we want Aaron Rodgers. Make a deal with the Packers. Then what are the Packers to do? Okay, and if they if they're offered a really good deal. They might trade Aaron Rodgers to that team and call Rodgers bluff and say, Rodgers, okay, you can retire, uh, so on, you know, in that that type of scenario. And Rodgers isn't going to retire just to spite the package. Chances are he'll show up wherever push comes to shove.
0: I agree. I agree. Good thing about Rodgers this year, unlike last couple years, is he is working out uh, with the Jets receivers. So that's a good thing. I mean –
2: yeah. But that gives the Packers a certain amount of uh, leverage. They feel, Well, he's working out. Everyone wants to be there. They want it. I don't like this, Mac. It is lingering on.
1: I agree. Uh,
2: the Packers won a number two draft choice this year and a number one next year yeah. to make this deal. And the Jets don't want to give up next year's number one. It's easy to say that. But come next year, you don't have a number one draft choice. And Rodgers, let's say he plays only one year and you don't have your number one next year. Yeah. That's what scares the Jets. Yeah. If he doesn't play next year, if the Jets go to the Super Bowl this year, then they don't care. Okay, you got the number one next year. It's all the way high up there. You know, we got our money's worth in the deal. It's yeah, something's got to happen. This is, it makes no sense, this lingering on. Yeah. What makes you know, you sit down in a room and work out a deal? What's so darn hard about this? After you know, a while,
0: it all Is becomes
2: about easy as time goes
0: along. It all co- becomes about saving face, Jack. You know that's what it all becomes. Jack. No, it's
2: kind of saving draft choices. The heck that's that.
0: too. That too. I don't think Joe Douglas wants to be seen as a as somebody that will back down. From <laughs> well, uh, Joe
2: Douglas to save face. Picking Zach Wilson number two overall, that, you know, he, he'd love to say face in that. That's why they're keeping Zach Wilson on the Very roster true. number two uh, for him to eventually work. And I, I haven't given up on Zach Wilson. I don't think they should give up on him. The only way Zach Wilson learns becomes a quality quarterback is really by playing. But with that said, I agree. If they get Rogers, it's okay for him to hold the clipboard. And yeah, that's It's fine. If Rodgers ever gets injured, the fan base can't get angry about Zach Wilson playing because they'll realize that's out of necessity, and then you would hope they would support him, and you'd hope he would learn every day watching Rodgers in practice. And reportedly, they're friendly. Rodgers is a little bit of a mentor to Zach Wilson.
0: Excellent, excellent. Uh, The Giants, they uh, they pick up – J.C. Hassenhauer, uh, they're saying it could be the biggest steal in free agency, a very good center on a Pittsburgh team uh, line that was very bad uh, the last few years. So uh, they're saying that the Giants might have, have gotten, like, a, a real good center uh, out of the, out of that deal. Uh, let's see. Uh, Giants news, Kalen Thibodeau uh, buys his mom a new house, Jack. I know you wanted to hear that. That's not
2: hey, listen, that's very nice, you know, what he did. You know, it's uh, yeah, yeah, very nice. And he's uh, and when he shows up, he's a heck of a player. When he shows up, he like he showed against Washington last year, tackled the sack, the quarterback stripped him of the ball, scored the TD. You know, he's got a he got he has a lot of you know, upside. He you know, you put him in the combine. You know he'll look great. He'll stand out in the combines. Don't, don't
0: ever, don't don't ever try to talk to his mom, Jack. I think she'll give you the. Hey, life.
2: listen, he's she did a good job to you know uh, raise a son who would then look out for him by the house. It's a really nice thing. It reflects well on him, and much it
1: happiness.
0: It does. Yeah. It does. So we're getting near the top of the hour, Jack. We're gonna do a, a promotions break. So, folks, stick with us, and we'll be back on the other side uh, with our boxing analyst and also coverage of FC and MMA, Greg Wright. So, uh, stay tuned, folks.
3: If you like the sweet science, get ready to talk boxing on the Gloved Fist podcast with top boxing writers Frank Letirzo and Jack Hirsch. Frank, a former amateur boxer out of Philadelphia, writes for NY Fights and can be seen on the Boxing Channel. Jack, an amateur boxer who competed in the New York Golden Gloves, was a six-term president of the Boxing Writers Association. And now, here's Frank Letirzo and Jack Hirsch. He was a giant, and he was a cowboy. Now these two former rivals have joined forces to bring you the most insightful, perceptive, and controversial sports talk podcast in America. Former Dallas Cowboys defensive end Jim Jeffcoat locks horns with former New York Giants wide receiver Byron Williams. And now, here's Byron Williams and Jim Jeffcoat. It just might be the greatest sports franchise in the history of sports. A place where legends are made, and there's always something to talk about. Get ready to immerse yourself in pinstripes. Start spreading the news, hosted by Paul Semendinger and E.J. Fagan. A couple of doctors with a prescription for Yankee fever. And now, here's Dr. Paul Semendinger and Dr. E.J. Fagan. Get ready to start spreading the news.
0: Now without LeBron, Lakers are, are struggling. Let me <laughs> tell you about a team I hate. All right, I know the Dallas Cowboy fan is here, so I had to make sure he knew how much I hate. This oh, team. I'm ready. I've often said that the people who run baseball they try very hard to ruin it. I'm from Brooklyn. I don't have a problem saying it to his face. Oh, from Brooklyn! Hey, hey is it he <laughs> This is a presentation of Northeast Streaming Sports.
4: Good morning.
0: You're listening to the Mac and Jack Sports Show on Northeast Streaming Sports. Good morning and welcome back to the Mac and Jack Sports Show. Uh, I'm your host, Mac, with your co-host, Hall of Fame boxing writer, Jack Hirsch. And we also have on our boxing and UFC slash MMA analyst on with us today, Craig Wright. Good morning, Craig.
4: What's going on? Give me one second so I can share this to Facebook. I'm sorry,
0: guys. Go right in. Go right in. Share, share us out there. So, Jack, I know you are get excited having Craig on every week now that we, oh, have, yeah. we have some boxing. Uh, well,
2: I am Detroit Lion news as well. Yeah, that's right.
0: Detroit Lions fan, too. Let's not forget that. In basketball, Craig, who's your favorite team? Is it the Pistons? That Craig is frozen, I think. We'll see. Oh, he shares. Is Craig frozen now? Are you frozen Craig or not? I
2: think he's Craig frozen. Craig
4: froze now. up.
0: Yes, he did.
2: Wait, wait, they, wait. He's not nervous to be on. He's not choking, is he? I I don't think you so. Know, Jack. I mean the term in sports not. Craig's too cool for that.
0: Yes, he oh, is. Well, uh, there, you there you go. I
2: technical guess. difficulty. I think it's on your end, Mac. It is on it my, is my end, Jack. Technical difficulty why Craig got cut off
0: by it is, know, it is, it it is on, on my end, Jack. So, Craig, Greg should, be, end. Greg. should be back in a couple minutes. So uh Jack, I mean, Detroit Lions, you mentioned, uh, should have a real good team this year.
2: Yeah, you know, one of their coaches, oh, I forgot who it was on, this, on the Lions staff, he wants Aiden Hutchinson to become a force to take his game up a level. What the heck's he talking about? He, he needs I to- mean, to take his game up a level. I mean, Aiden Hutchinson was outstanding last year. He was a force. Of course he's going to get better his second year. That's what happens usually, okay, when a guy is that devoted, when a guy's been that out that outstanding in college, that outstanding as a rookie. Can you imagine the Jets getting a secondary coach saying, oh, I want Source Gardner to take his game up a bit. You know, you sound like a fool when a coach says it. The coach should take his game up a bit, or the coach should just shut up, you, you know, yes. basically, yes. on stuff like that. You know, you leave stuff like that for other guys, you know, players, other guys. Uh, I don't know whether you saw – they were asking Zappi, you know, the Patriot backup quarterback, well, does he think he could start? Because we hear all this talk about Bill Belichick with yeah. Max Jones' discontent. And so the
0: rumors immediately swirling with that. You know, Greg, Jack, right away blame me for you freezing up and. and <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was messed
4: up. Like I said, I, tr- I tried to share it on my Facebook, but it, like, um, froze up. But I heard him. man. I'm not ducking and dodging this, man. I'm not scared, <laughs> man. I'm here. <laughs>
1: uh, I don't know about that,
2: but it seems like,
0: uh... Oh, Lord. So All right. Uh, so,
4: uh,
2: first, first off. Uh, boxing's known for guys ducking all the time, so I thought <laughs> you that they one off on you. <laughs>
4: yeah. <laughs> uh, listen, Jack. Jack, I'm not ducking and dodging you, man. I'm not, I'm not, um. I'm not Anthony Joshua and um, Deontay Wilder. But first
2: off. Yeah, Anthony Joshua did duck Deontay Wilder Mm -hmm. years ago without question. Without question. That's why they didn't fight. But outside of Deontay Wilder, Anthony Joshua hasn't really ducked anyone. You know, it's going to come down with him and Joe Joyce eventually. Is he going to try to duck Joe Joyce? Joe Joyce is fighting this weekend, uh, Saturday. Yes, he is. Oh, yeah.
4: And let me tell you, man, let me, I'm sorry to cut you off. Uh, but first off, how this you guys doing? Segment.
2: This is your segment. Oh, that's right.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's right. Right. Are how you guys doing? Up.
4: You know, this, this is my weekly uh, boxing talk. I, I really like the, I really enjoy talking uh, sports with you guys. Okay. But uh, on to um uh, Joe Joyce. I'm, a, I'm turning into a big Joe Joyce fan, man. Like they call him the juggernaut for a reason. That guy will walk through some punches and inflict damage, man. Like he is a force to be reckoned with in that division. Definitely.
2: Well, he gets, he does get hit a lot. That's the problem, yeah. He's very easy to hit. Mm-hmm. He fights Zhang, a, ch- a fighter from China, on uh, yep. Saturday. How do you see that going?
4: Uh well um I don't know too much about Zhang. I I, I saw a, a couple of his um a couple of clips of his past previous fights. To my knowledge, he comes off very strong and fast, but. He doesn't have a lot in the tank, so in the later rounds he tends to fall off. But he has a—he's very quick for a heavyweight, and his quickness could cause problems. So I, I feel that if, in order for him to win, he he basically has to get Joe Joyce out of there early. If Joe drags it on to the latter rounds of the fight, he's just gonna wear him down. He's just gonna wear him down. Good.
0: Okay. All right. Very good. Um. Let me see. We've got uh, Jared Anderson say he's the best heavyweight in the world. What is your What's your reaction to that?
4: Okay, yeah. This past weekend we had the top ranked card. uh, Jared, big baby Anderson, with the third round KO over George Arias. And uh, from from what we've seen so far, man, uh, big baby looking like the real deal. But he hasn't been in there with any uh, top competition yet. Uh, He basically at this point. Uh, he's probably at the point of uh, going against a gatekeeper. What do you think, Jack?
2: Yeah, I had mentioned on the uh, show with I do with Frank Latersk love this guy like Carlos to come would be ideal.
1: Yeah. And
2: if they're reluctant to match Jared Anderson with guys like that, then he's not the real deal. he yes. be I mean you have to be able to beat guys. You have to be able to beat guys who would be ranked between 20th and 30th in the world. If you can't beat yeah. a guy then, then, you know, you're really not the real thing. And if he's that good, you know, step up. Why can't they match him with a guy like Luis Ortiz? Are they scared Luis Ortiz is too dangerous for him? I mean, Nobody want on,
4: to fight Luis.
2: Yeah, to, to fight an ancient Luis Ortiz, you, you've got problems. Then the guy really might be the second coming of Michael Grant. And they even match Michael Grant with guys like Andrew Galada, who he was successful yeah. with in the great fight that he, you know, pulled out. But I think Jared Anderson is really, really good. I'm not saying mm. he's not the real thing, but the hype's getting to be a little too much at this point. You know, I, I got to see him step up. I think he'll do well. I don't think he's going to dominate the heavyweight division, but at one point he might show he is the best heavyweight in the world, even though I don't think yeah. he's going to be the type who's going to be number one and then stay number one for a number of years.
4: Yeah, but, I mean, I, I, I'm not exactly sure how old he is, but I know with uh, – let's say if he, top, right so if, he, if he is
2: a top – 23.
4: There you go right there. So if he is a top – Let's say, if he is a top 20 heavyweight right now, then he's way younger than everyone else that's there. So the future is looking bright for him.
2: Yeah, well, he has top rank getting him these fights, slowly building him up. But Mm -hmm. you know, they they have to do something with him. And they are not that many top heavyweights. I mean, who would you match him with?
4: I mean, like I said, he got to go against a gatekeeper. Got to go against a gatekeeper. How about, uh, like you said, you said Luis Ortiz. You know, he's dangerous. A lot of people don't want to fight him. How about uh Charles Martin? What do you feel about that?
2: Charles Martin is an excellent choice. Now, if he can't beat guys like that now, he has enough experience, then the bottom line is mm-hmm. not that good. Yeah. He's not that good. And if he loses to one of them, you could always bring him back. But they yeah. want to keep him unbeaten. And they just want to keep it kind of nice and slow and you know, you kind of wonder, is he really that, that good? I mean, he looks good against the George Arias's and yeah. those guys like that. But, uh, I just don't know. I mean, I like, me, I think
4: he let is. Let, yeah. I'm sorry. I cut you off. Let me tell you this. Uh, that, that's kind of like, I mean, cause we, you know, we got the different promotions, right? We got top rank. We got, we got, um, we got everyone else. The. This top ranked car last this past weekend, they got good fighters. They got good prospects. You know, we got Shakur, he had uh, Keyshawn Davis, and we had the big baby uh, Anderson fight. But they're they going against nobody's though. They, these guys are like still kind of untested. That's like the thing. Like, they got top ranked, has some really good prospects. Like I said, um, well, Shakur, we're, we're, he's getting more exposure and he'll probably get a nice big fight his next one. But Keyshawn Davis and uh, Jared Big Baby Anderson, they definitely need to um, step up the competition, definitely. But Keyshawn Davis, I think he's only had eight professional fights so far, so we ain't got to go too fast with him yet.
2: Well, Shakur Stevenson to me is one of the you know top fighters pound for pound right now. And exactly. He has a style that's so difficult to beat. It's his style. Mm-hmm. Anyone who's going to fight him but who's going to fight Shakur Stevenson so quickly? I I don't see Devin Haney right now. I, I, I mean, I shouldn't say that Devin Haney should beat Lomachenko, that maybe he does step up and fight Shakur Stevenson. But it's not a good matchup. It's not a fan-friendly fight. Haney and yeah. Stevenson, think of it. But it's a great matchup. It's kind of like a chess match. It would be a close fight. and you know. But first, he's got to take care of business against Loma, who he's much bigger yeah. than. If Loma does somehow upset Devin Haney, he'll go in with Jacques Stevenson. Absolutely.
4: I mean, anything's possible. Uh, um, Devin is definitely the favorite in the Loma fight, but Loma Checo is Loma Checo. And you know more than anyone, Jack, that uh, once you get into that ring, anything can happen. So I, I now,
2: definitely. A proposed matchup. I'm not, I don't follow UFC MMA. Nate Diaz against Jake Paul. Is that the math? <laughs> That they're going to be yeah. fighting in
4: summer? I mean, they just signed. What's the deal on that? All right. So uh, I, I, I'm not, I, I don't know too much about I, I only, I basically only saw a headline about it. I didn't uh, get too much into it. But it, uh, the first time you and me talked, Jack, when you asked me to, you asked me about Jay Paul and you asked me if he's a legit boxer. He's not a legit boxer. He's a legit fighter. It's the difference between being a fighter and a boxer, and that's not a boxing match, far as I'm concerned. It's a fight. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying?
2: No, Jake Paul I didn't ask it that. Craig, whether he's a legit boxer, I, I said he was a legit boxer. Jake Paul, he wasn't fighting legit opponents.
4: There you go. He wasn't fighting. There you go. That's what it was. Gym boxing
2: sparring.
4: That's what it was.
2: But they haven't been matching him against boxers, per se, and he yes. finally. Bought a legit boxer, even though he was a novice in Tommy Fury. And that mm-hmm. was more like a boxing match. Now it's like MMA things. Like Roy Jones recently. What did he fight? Uh, you know, I forgot who he fought the, the oh, guys, yeah, I
4: forgot
2: the guy's name. Yeah, a UFC guy, but, you know, yeah. a guy who had some boxing experience and at age 54, Roy Jones boxing. But we have this crossover, boxers are fighting, UFC guys, MMA guys. So inexperienced boxers can compete with UFC MMA guys because their boxing repertoire, while somewhat good, is also somewhat limited.
1: hmm
4: yeah, yeah. Uh, and then one thing about it, like Roy Jones, Roy Jones is a big name. And big names can, can generate revenue. And if these guys want and need to generate revenue, it, it's nothing wrong with that, you know?
2: 54 yeah, years old, though. I mean, that's
0: like.
4: <laughs> hey, but he ain't in there with no top contender, you know, so.
0: <laughs> hey, well, that, oh, yeah. a- after the seventh round, uh, TKO, uh, what's next for Mendoza? You think uh um, right. Greg. Brian Mendoza who Mac, you gotta clarify
4: this. Hold on, give it to me. Let me do it.
2: It's Brian Mendoza who stopped Sebastian in the seventh round. Yeah, Mac, no one will have a clue unless you
0: gotta speak <laughs> the sentence. The real the real fight the real fight fans would know who I'm talking about and Craig I know you're sweating profusely there it's not going yeah. uh, I don't know, you know Jack is not because be-
4: I'm in the kitchen man it's hot it's hot in here man. It's about hundred degrees in this kitchen, but let me let me get to the Sebastian Fendura fight. All right, yeah. so we had a uh, surprising, surprising KO of uh, Sebastian Fendura. He is known as the um the towering inferno. He is um, it was that the that's the middleweight division, right? No, he's one fifty four, so he's um junior middleweight, correct? Yeah, six six. All right, so junior middleweight. But the the thing about this guy, the, the thing about Sebastian Fedora, if you don't know, is he stands at six foot seven. While the I'd say that the average um light middleweight would be what? Uh, about less than six feet. So this guy huh, this guy definitely like towers over everyone. And he's been on an undefeated streak and he's had like a, a, a nice glow and shine about him, and a lot of people were hoping for him to to collide with uh, Jamal Chalo. But he got KO'd this weekend in the seventh round by surprising fashion. He was, uh I won't say he was dominating the fight, but he was definitely winning the fight, and he got caught. What do you think, Jack?
2: He was far ahead on points. It would make a good rematch. He just happened to get caught. You yeah. know, one of those things. But it put it in perspective you know, good, decent fighter. He'd beat Erickson Lubin in a, you know, tough fight. Uh, Lubin is Eat decent. Him. You know, they can bring Fondura back, but this KO takes a little of lust off him. But, you know, you get him a rematch with Mendoza, let him win that, let him win another fight, and, like, all's kind of forgiven, and then they could match him with Charlo. He, he wouldn't be, you know, either Charlo brother. But... You could do something with Pandora uh, because, like you mentioned, Craig, his height makes yeah. him charismatic, makes it intriguing. When the guy is that tall in that weight class,
1: mm-hmm. you know,
2: he kind of stands out and makes him a little bit of an attraction.
4: Uh, you kind of cut out a little bit. Did you say he beats the Charlos or he doesn't
1: no, beat no, the Charlos? Be,
2: no, no, at yeah. <laughs> a different level.
1: They're yeah. Different.
2: I mean, oh. Fandora can beat lesser guys. He's a little he. You could put him against Mentos in the rematch. I would think he would win that rematch unless yeah. he gets nailed again. Then he has no chin. Then you can't yeah. do anything with him.
1: Mm-hmm. But
2: if he wins that match, he you could market him as more than a gatekeeper. Mm. You know? Oh, he's definitely. Keep at this point. You could still bring him back, do something with his career. But I think it's important they get him a rematch with Mendoza. I mean, who's Mendoza going to fight now? Mendoza is <laughs> very average. Don't tell me you're going to match him with Charlo. That is a complete waste of time. It, and it's an mm-hmm. utter mess match. Okay? Yeah. But a rematch with Fondura would go over well. Because I, I'd even want to see that to see how F- Fondura would bounce back.
4: Definitely. And let me tell you, let me talk about Fondura for a little bit and just his style, because he's so tall and long, but he does not use his advantages. He loves the fight on the inside, and that's where he always gets caught. Like in the Lubin fight, he went down, and in this fight, it's like, you understand what I'm saying? He's so tall and long, I feel he should maybe stay on the outside a little more, maybe use his reach to his advantage, but he loves to mix it up on the inside.
2: Yeah, I I have mixed feelings on that because there's a bit of a myth that tall guys can't fight on the inside. They automatically should fight on the inside, just like shorter guys shouldn't fight on the outside. Mm You know, uh, I understand, you know, if you you got physical advantages on the outside, you should use them, but it's all about timing for the most part.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, Tyson Fury can fight inside, outside. It doesn't matter, so yeah exactly yeah big guy inside outside yeah
4: yeah but but one thing let me just just uh bring up tyson fury tyson fury when he's normally fighting opponents he don't have an extreme advantage like fundura has like fundura literally a foot taller than guys you know well tyson
2: fury boxes very well from the outside so he does yeah. and he's taller than most guys he fights tyson fury i mean he sends what's mm-hmm. Nine six nine.
4: Yeah, yeah. But just yeah. saying, he's six, he's six nine, but Fonduras six seven. That's that's almost, but Fonduras fighting
0: friggin' middleweight, <laughs> yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. So you got Pacquiao returning to the ring, Craig. Um, I mean, I guess he just can't get that boxing, uh, boxing out of his blood. I didn't know that. You know Right, you, who's he returning against? I didn't I, know that. I don't even. I don't even know. they announcing going. a fight
2: that he's coming. Yeah. I, you know, I mean, he's talking He misses boxing. Yeah. He wants to return, but he has no opponent lined up uh, right now. He, yeah, he
0: does. He, he has you lined up. Uh, yeah. so, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. so anyway, Greg, what do you think about somebody like Manny Pacquiao coming back to the ring? I mean, you know, he's made his money. He's He's over in the Philippines. I guess he's governor or senator or something over there.
4: (laughs) It all all depends on is he coming back for exhibitions or is he coming back for pro bouts? And if he's coming back for pro bouts, who is he going to (laughs) fight? That's it. Like, I don't care if he's fighting nobody's, you know?
2: Although, Mac, I actually shouldn't have been too hard on Mac because there was talk about him fighting. Mac has a point with Pacquiao. He's actually. (laughs) There's talk about him maybe being given an offer to fight in Saudi Arabia. And there was some talk about maybe Amir Khan, who has fought there before, who's somewhat popular there. But Amir Khan got destroyed by Kell Brook in his last fight, and he's through. And the fight he got destroyed in, they found out way after he tested positive for, you know, performance enhancers in his system and blah, blah, blah. (laughs) So Mir Khan is a cheater. He says he doesn't even know what was in his system. In other words, Amir Khan's telling us that we're idiots that we should believe he had no idea how it got in this. So they never have any idea how guys get in their system. I mean, you yeah. yeah, know, and we're supposed to believe them. Yeah. We're supposed
4: Canelo to him. ate a, Well, Canelo had a
2: taco. Canelo had meat. He, yeah, Canelo had tainted meat. Khan <laughs> had too much egg yolk or something. That went in there, the WBC. They, they never, I, you know what I'd love for one guy to say? Yeah, I took the PDs because I thought it would help me in the ring. I thought it would give me an advantage, you know? Seriously. Blah, blah, blah. And if the guy's totally honest, I would limit his suspension, yeah. you know, or something just was honesty alone. But these guys, they take us for complete fools. But you want to know something? They get away with it. Yes, Definitely. About it, they all get away with it. Canelo is given a six month suspension, considering he wasn't going to fight for six months anyway. Who cares? The guy's allowed in the gym, he trains and they wait to six months. I mean, the only one better than- they came down a little hard on was Jarrell Big Baby Miller, but he tested positive what multiple times so they had to finally do something after a while
0: well it's better than joshua who's not going to fight till december anyway so anyway uh, uh for who joshua he's not supposed joshua to fight positive no he says he's not gonna we're talking about how long he's taking between fights uh he's not fighting till december he says so uh,
2: oh yeah oh, well that's a different case anthony joshua Yeah, he was supposed to fight in the summer. Eddie Hearn wanted him to have a match and wanted three fights this year. He had his first fight, you know, uh, Jermaine Franklin. The second was supposed to be against Dillian White in the summer. Then the third fight in December. Maybe it would have been a major match, you know, but it's what it is.
0: Yes, yes. So we want to see Dylan White again.
2: Anthony Joshua is one of Craig's favorites.
0: You
4: know, no, no I, I like Anthony Joshua, but I don't want, I don't want to see Anthony Joshua against Dylan White for what? The, what, what would this be the third or fourth time? I don't want to see that
1: no more. Man. Well, was
2: a great match. They fought a lot of years ago. I think it was two thousand hmm. in whatever thir- thirteen. I forgot the year. They
4: but fought amateurs and pros
2: in seven rounds. Dylan White. Won a controversial decision over Jermaine Franklin. So, for you, that as a guide, you know Joshua just decisively no. beat Jermaine Franklin. No. Not
1: decisively
2: he, beat. Him. I don't want to see it. I beat with, this guy. I'm with you completely. I. It's a waste of my time.
4: Joe it's Joyce not, is standing right there.
2: Dillian White. White's got nothing left. He's through. <laughs> he does nothing left. And
4: All right, come I come on, man. It. Yeah, yeah, like Dylan right. White, he literally like you're fighting, you're fighting your leftovers that that Fury just beat. You're like everyone's recycling leftovers. Like, come on, man, fight these guys. Like, fight the new guys. Come on. You know what it
2: is, Josh? What's like he went to the buffet table, filled <laughs> his plate, had a big meal. Now he's coming back for seconds with Dylan yeah, White. Yeah. Go to <laughs> the <laughs> kind of different, you know, different buffet tables because you're into food. They have different <laughs> buffet at different tables. And he's he's the exact table, the same buffet table, rather than to a
4: different <laughs> one. <You know>, <laughs> right, so he said it's like, might as well fight for Beckett again. Get him out of retirement. He's like 50 years old. Get him in there. Damn. There
0: you go. There you go. So let's, let's talk a little bit about UFC, you know, the WWE's uh, Vince McMahon and and then a White, you know, Working together to build a better America. So, we're going to talk about uh, the UFC here, real quick. Uh, Israel Addisonia, I hope I'm pronouncing that right now, uh, Israel out. Israel Addisonia knocks out Alex Perea uh, in, in featuring his uh, bid to ca- recapture the UFC title, Craig. Um, what's the latest on that? I mean, was it a good fight? Uh, did you watch any of it? I, I didn't
4: watch the fight when it was uh, going live, but I, I saw the highlights of it. And um, like I said before, uh it was a rematch from uh, uh the previous fight that they had where um I Asada was uh KO'd by um by Alex. But um yeah, he came back, he had revenge on his mind and got the got the guy out of there. You know? And it was uh, it was like a little controversy too. Uh there was a, a moment that I had I heard about whereas after he knocked them out, it was like a couple of controversies. He knocked them out and then uh did like some bow and arrow um um like movements toward him like he was shooting a bow and arrow. But then Israel pointed to the guy's son in the crowd and started mocking him and made the kid cry. <laughs> like, man, that's pretty cutthroat.
0: Okay. Um Cynthia Calvillo uh, has been uh I guess they let her go after after losing. Uh Dana White did that. Um you know, she lost the fight and, and she was kind of forced out. Uh Dana White does this a lot to a lot of fighters. If you don't win, uh you really don't get second chances with Dana White. I mean, if you lose, you you're pretty much out of it, Greg.
4: Not, not, necessarily. I feel it's how you lose too. If you put up a, a good, a good fight and you're entertaining, you know, and you, the crowd likes to see you, and you still lose, he'll probably bring you back a time or two. But if, if you're just losing in complete dominating fashion, probably multiple times, you're probably probably not gonna get this sign.
2: Why shouldn't you be brought back if you keep losing? I don't get it. Why do <laughs> these fighters feel a sense of entitlement? that he should be loyal to them if they're not winning. It's like supply and demand. I just don't get it. I can understand they take certain fights out of loyalty to Dana White or they don't, and they stay kind of loyal to him, and they would expect a payback, you know, that loyalty to be reciprocated. Like, for example, boxing, you like the PBC – If a fighter's going to stay with Al Heyman, any fighter's going to be very loyal to the promoter.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: I can understand they'd expect a promoter to be equally loyal to them, especially at certain points in their career, go out of their way to get in certain opportunities. I'm not a fan of Dana White, don't get me wrong, and I don't like defending Dana White. But, you know, how far should his loyalty go? I mean, you know the workings of the UFC better than I do. Is Dana White wrong? If they're losing fights, how long can he stick with them?
4: Let me tell you something. Let me cut in on that. Um, and it's all about, this is business. This is business. He's all about making money. Now, if you're a loser, people generally don't want to see you, so they probably won't pay for you. But if I'm not mistaken, um, Chuck Liddell, his last 10 fights, he was seven losses, three victories. But he was still featured on the card and he was still paid because he's a big name and he sold tickets.
2: Right, right. That, but that's the business sense. West, yeah. you know, oh but that's
4: what I'm saying. If you if you make him money, if you can make him money, it don't matter if you win or lose. <laughs> if you're right. able to generate revenue, he'll throw you out there.
2: But have UFC fighters been complaining about Dana White?
4: Oh yeah, they have been complaining about. Yes, but but, any, it, but, but hold him. on, let me tell I'm not
2: a you. UFC fan, I want to learn this.
4: Stuff. The, uh, this is in business. Employees always complain about the people that pay, regardless of what business it is. And so let, let's let's get that out the way. Always going to be some unhappiness. Always going to be some resentment. And as far as the UFC goes, a lot of the guys feel underappreciated and underpaid, which uh, I can understand. Like, uh, we had the discussion before, whereas um, the last John Jones fight, he received uh, a half a million for the fight, whereas the fight generated, like, $50 million. Like, you know, uh, in boxing, that wouldn't fly at all. Like, the well, the yeah. top fighter...
2: Do they have I'm sorry. The, I, yeah, that's fascinating. And that if I'm Dana White, I'm ashamed to pay a guy so little. I'm. In, I'm. I know you want to keep as much as you can for yourself, but I'm embarrassed. You know what I mean? If I'm making, for example, let's say I'm selling lemonade, okay? Lemonade, and I hire a couple of people downstairs to sell the lemonade for me, and I take in a thousand dollars in a day of selling lemonade. And I give each guy a $25 bill. I mean, that's mm-hmm. not such a $25 a piece. The two of them and I send them on their way. And I can't keep $950. $50. I'm fifty too ashamed. I can't look myself in the mirror. <laughs> I mean, some people can, whatever. Ooh. But what, what recourse do they have? Like a John Jones, a big name. Can some of these guys just decide they're not fighting anymore? You know, and I know there's no such thing as unions to get together, but certain names of the side look, I'd rather retire it than this is demeaning. A half million dollars and you had 50 million. I'm just holding on. I'm not fighting. Dana White could then say, I'm not using you. I'm going to the next guy, which he can do. But so after done. a while, you can't keep going to the next guy because they're not going to be an attraction. You're going to have to pony up. And actually, pay more a lot more than you want to if you're Dana White. But these guys, as long as they're going to accept it, it's gonna, you know, continue to happen. And I find and it hard he- that all Dana White gave was a half million on a show that <laughs> works like 50 million.
1: Yes. Yeah. Oh,
2: that's shameful. To his main attraction. Mm-hmm. It makes Don King in his heyday look like a saint i mean
0: yeah so so jack mentioned in the, the UFC crossover you know with boxing um which i which I was bound to happen if you got dana white and and, and uh the other side in wwe and and uh, working together. Mm-hmm. Which which makes sense to me. I mean, boxing is a big part of the UFC. So is wrestling. So what are we going to see here uh, next, uh, Greg? Are we going to see Stone Cold Steve Austin, you know, going up against you know Shakur or something like that? Is that, what we're, <laughs> is that where we're? Going? Is that where we're going?
4: Hey, hey listen, uh, you, you never know, man. as long as they able to generate revenue, man, anything's possible. Anything's absolutely possible.
0: <laughs> okay, all right you're you're muted jack which is best you got yeah. at all with
2: Vince mcmahon merging with dana white is the ufc in your opinion going to take craig or, we have to craig here
1: craig craig, okay, craig so, Bob, you know, the, the
2: question didn't make much sense is the ufc and the wwe merging does it mean the UFC is going to become more of an entertainment business, kind of like sports entertainment? Now, the fights are going to be real in the UFC. You can't stage them, unlike the WWE. The WWE fights are prearranged, what's going to happen? We know what's going to happen, they know what's going to happen beforehand it plays out, even though they're great athletes in the WWE, the UFC can't get away with pre-arranging the ending. I think the appeal to the UFC is not knowing what's going to happen and being real competition. At least that's what I think the UFC fans are thinking. You correct me if I'm wrong. But is the UFC going to start being more like, Entertaining as far as characters, storylines. What's the feel going to be now that they merged Vince McMahon with Dana White, and that their two egos going to conflict?
4: But story? hold on, hold on. Now I'm confused. Now is this merger? Are the is WWE and UFC going to be separate, or is it going to be UFC WWE like actually fighters and wrestlers oh, no, performing? That's what I'm
2: though? asking. That's what I'm asking. Business-wise, they merging.
4: The
1: entities
2: mm-hmm. be separate. But of course... There's a crossover. There's money to be made. Like okay, I got you. WWE I got you. The WWE champion against the UFC yeah. champion. They I got you. They bring their followings to WrestleMania, for example.
1: Mm-hmm. But
2: what is going to happen if a WWE guy goes in the octagon where he really isn't as experienced, where he probably should lose the match? Is the storyline going to be changed? Is Dana White going to yeah. let the UFC guy know? know this is maybe how it ends in the octagon. You get defeated, you win on a disqualification. They write kind of an octagon script. Is the UFC going to become a little also sports entertainment at some of the time?
4: Hey, hey, as far as I'm concerned, if the WWE is involved, and there's a WWE-like wrestler involved, it's going to be fixed, period. There's going to be some fix
1: in it.
2: Dana no White would allow that in the octagon, because that wouldn't happen in
4: boxing. I mean, but I don't I wouldn't look at
1: that.
4: I would look at that like a, like a like a um like a um, like a, um uh, a Jake Paul fight. Like I wouldn't take that seriously. That would be like an exhibition, but wouldn't it? Fight,
2: no, no, but Jake Paul's fights, even though it was with non-boxing guys, I believe they were all legitimate
4: fights. Yeah, yeah but club. wrestlers aren't legitimate fighters though.
2: Um, maybe not against legitimate boxers, but they were at least legitimate fights. They, or, you know, they did with Jake Paul wasn't that much different from what traditionally went on in boxing where they get a bunch of easy fights for prospect coming up. Yeah. Yep. J. did it with kind of non-boxers in a way. They yeah. <laughs> really had a similar lack of ability than certain novice boxers who would yeah. be
0: brought in to lose. But
4: well, I- hey, he brought in guys with big names and, and generated a lot of money.
0: Yeah, probably. Jack, you remember Ali fighting that wrestler? Uh, Antonio Inoki. Yeah. I yeah, he was like kicking his legs and stuff. Um, I mean, he, Ali really could have got hurt there. Um, Ali
2: saw he did get hurt. Ali saw uh, suffered blood clots and was hospitalized after yeah. the whole fight. The Japanese wrestler threw himself on the ground and kept kicking at Ali's legs. Yeah. A couple of times he tried to rush Ali. Only a couple of times. Yeah. And Ali kept away by the ropes. Ali landed like three jabs to hold by 15 rounds. And the Japanese wrestler was on his back, and they called it a draw at the end. Right. It was like a colossal non-event. It was ridiculous to be in that mixed match for Ali. Ali was getting reported $6 million. That was big money at the time. And then. Kind of match. You just want to get.
1: Yeah, yeah. Even
2: yeah. Even place. You know, at that stage of his career, if you had a, a truly competent wrestler or a mixed martial artist, they should always be able to beat the likes of an
1: Ali, because
2: you know you need a power punching boxer to you know be the UFC martial artist guy like if you have a devastating puncher like let's say you have a ufc guy and he goes in against a deontay wilder deontay wilder has a good chance of just hitting him on the chin and knocking him out because of devastating power right. but if you know a ufc guy goes in with a floyd mayweather what should a mayweather do you know if especially mm-hmm. if the ufc guy has weight on him
0: yeah, yeah 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 so. well greg we talked to you about ufc we talked to you about mm-hmm. boxing and, and, and a little bit about the Lions. So, I want to hear your team and your sport. I know the Detroit Lions uh, are your football team. We both went watch, watch and watched them play. Um, are the Detroit Tigers your favorite baseball team? Yeah,
4: I'm all Michigan, all Detroit, everything.
0: Wow. Wow. No matter
4: what, I'm a homer man. I ain't no bandwagon like you. You like the Lakers, you oh, like Max,
0: you Max, like them over there. You like yeah. them over there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm New York all the mm-hmm. way. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> Jackson. Yeah, you got, you got you got these
4: guys they like the Cowboys, they like the they like the Lakers, they like the Yankees. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Jack is like that.
0: Jack likes the Packers <laughs> because no, no of the
2: now Max 6 no, no, with this team. But yeah. Matt come playoff time, the NBA finals, he's gonna say just as he predicted. He's gonna no matter what the matchup is, he's gonna say he predicted this team, that team, and he's gonna begin it <laughs> in the beginning of the year. Right. No matter who it is. If it's the Sacramento Kings in the NBA finals, he's gonna say, I picked them to go there in the beginning of the year. I do they can do it. That's
4: what he's gonna say. You know, he's lying. <laughs> Uh, well, listen, I'm a I, and uh, as far as NBA, I'm a Pistons fan. But we, we're number, we're the worst team in the league. Uh, which is, I mean, it's not so good, but it's great because we have the best chances of getting the French kid next year. And I'm hoping yeah. we land him, boy, boy. I'm oh, I'm hoping we land him. Is Cade Cunningham? Wasn't he he's
2: such a
4: Nova player? Basically. No, 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 no. Let me go. When he's out there, he's good. This whole year, he's been hurt. When he's out yeah, there, he's good. When
2: he's out there, he puts up numbers. Does his, he their is he really good? Does this game translate into winning? He's going to put up his numbers
4: always, that type of player. I mean, but you got to consider who else is on the team, too. You can't win games by yourself. Well,
2: yeah. wait a second. You take certain players like a Pancho Panchera with the know, He elevated his team, okay? Coming out of Duke. I mean, look at, you know, uh, look at the Orlando magic the way they've improved.
1: Uh, 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 uh,
4: okay, uh, I mean, but Orlando's been in like, I mean, Orlando and Detroit are pretty similar. We've both been like really trashed the last 10 years, like constantly Orlando in a lot of- Orlando wasn't
2: that terrible this year. They didn't make the play and They weren't that terrible, at least they're trending upwards. The Pistons, I, I just think Kate Cunningham, they lost when he was in. The Pistons lost when he was in the lineup. What's are uh, you telling me? Oh, he's putting the numbers. He's this when he, he just got hurt. So they continued. They lost when he was in, and they lost when he was out. The, he ain't got a team. But he's not out. They don't have a team. <laughs> but. We stink. We stink. <laughs> Everyone elevates the team was
4: really that good. But they <laughs> we guys, like, we are, if I'm not mistaken we we got to have the youngest team in the league. Like we got a bunch of young guys out there, you know. Yeah. But definitely. um but, but like I, like I said uh in the east has been tough. The east is tough and you got to understand like man, Cleveland like there's some good teams out there, man. But yeah. hey, we had to But hold on, let me let me let me say this. To you. We shut it down. Like toward midseason, we tank. We went in the full tank mode, man. Like we we try to get this guy next year. So it I is what it know, is.
2: I don't know that they Pistons tanked. It just went very good, and there's no chemistry, you know. Dwayne Casey stepped down. <laughs> the team the
1: stinks. <laughs> the team stinks. Yeah, I mean, they stink.
2: <laughs> but yeah. why? I, you know, that's
4: the thing. Why? <laughs> Because a uh, personnel one, I mean, if if your guys on your team isn't better than the guys against the team you're going against, you're probably going to lose. Like that's number one. An <laughs> so
2: impact player <laughs> elevates a team. He's going to mean about eight to ten more wins a year, and and meaning the Pistons weren't going to be so terribly bad. They weren't going to be a playing team, but at least. They
4: would maybe contend for playing position, you know. And it's uh... see, I, I, I got got this thing where, like, I'm, I I guess some would say I'm not a good fan. Whereas, if I feel if we're not gonna win, then tank. I just feel that way. Like, if we're not gonna compete. Then lose as as good as you can so oh, you can put Craig, us in a good on, position
0: next time. Right. That's, how,
4: that's how I feel, man. I'm sorry.
0: Real fit always wants to. That's team what I say. Some people
4: don't like that mentality. Hey, that's how I feel. Hey, okay. you got this once in a lifetime, seven foot four French kid coming out that could do everything on the court, and yeah. all you gotta mm-hmm. do is lose these games that you probably wasn't gonna win anyway. To get in a better position to get this guy, man, lose on, bro, lose on. Please, well, and you thank
1: you. Some,
2: some people think Lovey Smith, who was the Houston Texans head coach, lost his job because they won their last regular season game and they're picking <laughs> second overall in the draft instead of first. But yep not that it matters in the case of use i don't think that much because i think both cj stroud and bryce young are going to be you know outstanding quarterbacks both of them that's my feeling so whoever they get they just don't have the option it's carolina's problem to figure out who they're gonna you know take but i can understand in certain situations you lose your premium right but even in the case of the Pistons with the, you know, kid from France, it's, it's the ping pong balls, they can lose out. I mean- oh, yeah, The definitely. Celtics were favored many moves ago when Duncan was coming out of uh, Wake Forest. They were the favorites to get Tim Duncan. According to the ping pong balls, they wound up with San Antonio. It didn't, and it had, it pissed, had the Celtics got Tim Duncan, Rick Martino, who was the Celtics coach at the time, he would have probably been in the NBA for a lot more years because the Celtics probably would have won a championship at some point with Tim Duncan, and that changed everything for the two franchises San Antonio and Boston. Even though Boston it ultimately
0: bounced back from
2: you know the miss with Duncan.
0: So you got to understand, Jackie is not a team. A team fan. He's a player fan. That's how Jack rolls. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah, he, yeah, you know, well, he, he, plays likes, he likes he likes Rodgers. You know, he loves Brady, even though the Jets played against Brady. You know, he, he loves Zach Wilson, even though he stinks at quarterback. I love Zach
1: Wilson. Oh, you, you, love really,
0: you know, he's get rid
2: of him He's
0: not a They're going to write by Zach Wilson now making us back. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. He loves Bryce Young. He's He's a big name, so he loves Bryce Young right now. Uh, I like C.J. Stroud more than Bryce Young. Yes, yes. And Kevin Durant's one of his favorite of all time. So no matter where he plays, he'll follow Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant's
2: friend. I hate Anthony Richardson, you know, going in the draft. I mean, he, he should be drafted somewhere, some way. I'm not in the first round. I mean, wait, you know, he's like... Uh, that, you know, kind of overhyped the way Malik Willis, yeah. you know, was. And now, Malik Willis, one-year rookie, yeah, the Titans are
0: looking maybe to trade up to get a quarterback. Right, right. Mm. So that's that's how Jack rolled. I was
4: going to say, I'm like that with LeBron. Like, uh, I'm not a Laker. I hate the Lakers, but wherever LeBron plays, I'm a fan of that team. I'm just a LeBron fan.
0: LeBron, he's a coach, oh, coach.
4: Oh, oh, on oh, good Oh, he's a good one. He's a good family
2: man. I admire oh. him for that. LeBron loves getting involved in the social issues. I mean, which is good. He gets involved. But then he, you know, comes out with stuff that's outrageous and gets away with it. I mean,
1: it really the stuff he gets away with. Like, it, I mean, LeBron if, is uh, a
0: coach. Yeah. Killer. He's a coach killer. He's killed. He's killed at least. <laughs> he's, he's a coach killer. A coach killer the coach killer, so. Well, Mike yeah. Brown is the LeBron kid. is the
1: coach. have
2: a list. by Mike Brown? Because they wanted LeBron to come back in his
4: first go-round. Yes. Listen, LeBron the coach, LeBron the GM, LeBron the president, and he's probably going to be an owner soon.
0: Uh, that, that could be. That could be. Sure. I mean, you know. I mean, you know. He's, but
4: he's definitely he's, the coach and the GM. He make all
0: the moves. Yeah, a real smart guy. <laughs> he brings he he brings over uh, what's Westbrook over who stunk. So that yeah, was he's, terrible. He's a great GM. Yeah. That uh, uh, was a terrible move. You
2: can't listen to your star players who want to form the team with friends, guys they
1: meet.
2: You gotta make the moves on them. Like Michael Jordan. He was playing with the Bulls, wanted all these moves to make. And Jerry Cross, the GM, didn't want to accommodate him. You know what? Because when the little he did accommodate Jordan, it didn't work up. And Michael Jordan, is he one of the worst owners in the history of sports? He was awful. That's why I don't say, oh Jordan's the competitor. Yeah, I saw the type of competitor he was as owner Charlotte. He was terrible, he was
1: indifferent.
4: God, I mean, come on!
1: I mean, how he's
4: really a worse owner than him. Hey, but he could he maybe next year he win a championship. You never know. It's no longer <laughs> selling. but then, yeah, but I, I win a
0: championship. Next Mike, year. Mike, <laughs> Mike, yeah, like okay. Nolan, Mike, Mike Nolan's a worse owner than. Uh,
2: James Stolen? Yeah. No, I mean, James Stolen, at least the New York Rangers were competitive. He owned them. And the Knicks weren't horrible. They were disappointing for years and years, but they won a doormat like Charlotte Hornets. <laughs> <laughs> they
1: good
2: for the Knicks if they were the worst in the league. They would have gotten the higher picks in the lottery. They would never that had to get those picks. It's, you know, they got Patrick Ewing to
1: ago.
0: What, hey, Craig, what do you think about Knicks' chances this year in the playoffs? The what? The Knicks, the Knicks this year in the playoffs. What do you this think? This
4: year in the playoffs? we got some static. We got to get up. That's all right. All right, so they're going against Cleveland, right?
1: To static, yeah, Craig. they're going against Cleveland.
4: Yeah, uh, Cleveland looking like a, a good team right now. That, that's probably, of all the series, that's probably the the one that that you really can't bet on because you, you don't know who's going to come out. But isn't Randall hurt? Is he
0: Is he hurt? Or did he come back? I I'm not sure. I know he was hurt. I, I think he will try to play. I don't think about 100, percent but they've been playing really well without. I miss Get Craig.
2: I think we have static from your rent. Something's
0: got to go off.
4: Yeah, I
2: think it's from your rent,
4: not out. Do you? Yeah. Uh, because I uh, I don't I don't I don't know where static would be coming from. It,
0: I don't hear it now. Uh, I think it's good? the echo. I think it's an echo from Jack's
1: side.
2: Well, as soon as Craig comes off, we'll have no echoes. So that's what happened last cool. week. That's <laughs> that's, good. that's Kind of makes you feel good, Craig. Uh, the Cavaliers, I picked them in the beginning of the year. I'm sticking with it. They go to the NBA Finals. They come out of the East. So, wow. Yeah. Why do you say that? I just think they have a Donovan Mitchell. I think they play like a superstar in this series. And they're rebounding. No one's better off the boards. Garrett, you know, uh, Allen, Evan
4: Mobley. I
2: think you know. The uh, So you think did, they got
4: no, the You think they got what it, it takes to be Boston or Milwaukee?
2: No. But yeah, I think Milwaukee. We overhype them a little because they did win the NBA title a couple of years ago. And they, the won they won it. Won the title, you know you know we put down Kyrie Irving and I put him down you know because it's face it I'm not, I can't keep up with Kyrie's deep thinking I'm not as intellectual so I got to take it back and, but when James Harden, Kyrie Irving the year the Milwaukee they've been healthy then that's what we need them in that theory with Irving and Harden and that's the may have of the NBA championship instead of Milwaukee imagine that happening. That means this net would have been kept together. Irving would have gotten his money, and they would have nets could put up with this nonsense. Harden wouldn't have wanted to go elsewhere having the ring. He would have been getting his money. Well, Think of look of the Nets team now. They would have been perhaps a championship team at some point hmm. for the Nets. And we would
1: have
2: we would have wrote out for the Rams, Irving and Harden would have been Nets.
4: Now,
2: think of
4: that. Let me ask you this: since we're on the subject, um, the big three of um, of Irving, uh, Harden, and Durant. You would you consider that one of the biggest failures of sports?
2: Yeah, but it might not have turned out that way had Irving and Harden been with Durant. The the Nets barely got edged up by Milwaukee. The Nets walked two games to none, then Mm -hmm. lost two out of five, and if Durant's foot hadn't been on the line for that big shot late in the game, chances are the Nets win. So the Nets losing seven games in overtime to Milwaukee. doesn't mean the Nets would have gone on and beat
1: Phoenix. That mm-hmm. you know, doesn't mean they would have gone on
2: being the Hawks, they probably would have Phoenix later on. You know, we don't know. But yeah, I mean, when they had the big one weren't they heavy favors to win an NBA championship? Uh, listen, Durant's with the Phoenix does now. Phoenix never wins a championship with Durant. We're gonna have to say it's disappointing. It's cut, you know, certain deals are cut in right. Even the Minnesota Timberwolves, they give, up, they give up so much to get Rudy Go-Bear. If they don't go to the finals in this go bad deal, mm-hmm. it's a big disappointment in nature. But if they go to the finals one time, they can say the deal was a success because they took the extra step. No, it's all about you massive deals where you're able to take the extra step and not, you
1: know.
2: And yeah, you say it was a disappointment unless the big three hard Irving It didn't work out as it turns out.
0: No, no, they didn't even get to the game final, and it it never would with Kyrie. I don't care what anybody says, Kyrie is, is a cancer in the locker room. (laughs)
1: Man, it's <laughs> I, you know, he's way too I mean, much. Over the top. <laughs> it's, I a mean, too. He's with Dallas
2: now. They right. perform miserably. Him and right. together, things were good in the locker room. They just weren't good on the court. Wow!
1: So kind of Styles
0: don't mesh. Even though really played defense, and and, and Craig, Kyrie for the most part. Right, this is how he bad Kyrie is. is uh, this is how bad Kyrie is as far as as a teammate. Now, Luca doesn't, doesn't want to play there anymore. Now, Kyrie's going to be there. I mean, that should give you all the proof. Of it.
2: I want to play that? Wait, wait who doesn't want to play that? Lukic, don't
1: want to, he doesn't no, I never said he didn't want to. play said, I just saw, I just saw, I just
0: saw, I just saw, don't listen to him, Greg, don't listen to him, don't listen to him, Greg, I just saw, I just saw on ESPN that, Kyrie's going to be there next year. Luka does not want to be there. I didn't hear that. Kyrie not
4: going to be there. Kyrie going to L.A.
0: You think? I'll, yeah, I will definitely feel that one. So then the Lakers I, will never. I the I Lakers Lakers I, 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 will never go to an NBA game. I could How is that possible? And, How could you sit there and
4: say that with a straight face?
0: Because Kyrie is a kid. No, I, no, no, he no. Went
4: to, he just won with Cleveland with LeBron. Won with but LeBron. then you, you put them together with AD and they I don't know, have a chance to win? How many
0: years ago was that?
4: That was oh 16, still. LeBron's still going strong. LeBron, yeah, LeBron okay. they're 50 years old, playing like he's 20.
0: Are Go ahead, Jack.
4: Guys, keep this in mind.
2: I I no no, Mac, uh, Greg. LeBron after next year, I oh. believe he can opt out of his contract. He's a free agent. His son Bronny is going to be somewhere. LeBron already said, announced one time, he'll play for the league minimum if he has to. The so money's not going to be an issue. Imagine a owner like Dana White. No, shame. he pays LeBron the league minimum to come aboard. He could play with Bronny. The problem is who's gonna take Ronnie You want LeBron, he's a major asset on the court. You want to put up with that headache, LeBron basically for the shots. Now I have an idea, guys. If it's a team that's really not that good, that's in need of a coaching change. I have make LeBron a player. to play it. Oh left LeBron bring in his assistance. To run the game to LeBron's flanking. you know, and they're gonna insist They're not gonna want to throw LeBron in over his head. They're gonna want to protect them, ease them in. That's what I do. I make LeBron a player coach.
1: I mean,
4: you hold on. You said. Take- Who? What team would take Bronny? And I kind of look like Bronny. Like, right now, Bronny is a superstar, honestly. And whatever team takes him, no matter where it is, they're going to generate extra revenue just off the strength of Bronny alone. Like, Bronny himself is a superstar. He doesn't even got to be, like, because he's all right in high school right now. Uh, He ain't got to pan out, and and he does not have to pan out in the NBA. Just the fact that he's LeBron James' son, period.
2: Well, generate revenue. (laughs) Let's say Bronny is ranked. They ranked the prospects, where they might legitimately go. Bronny right now has elevated himself to the point where he's a legitimate first-round draft vice. Teams estimate where on his own, if he didn't have the name Bronny James, he might go about number 15 overall in the draft. Let's say he improves a little bit this year. He might be number 10 or based on merit. You're the Detroit Pistons. You lose out on the ping pong ball and you're going number two. You can't get the kid from France. You take Ronnie James, number two overall figure, you're getting LeBron. Everyone knows he's supposed to be worthy of number two, but you take him anyway to get LeBron. What do you do, Craig?
4: I'd I'd would uh well, <laughs> that's pretty interesting. Because first off, we, we LeBron himself. And like I said, LeBron is like a freak of nature. He's Superman. He's like, he, he's almost 40 years old and playing like he's, tw- he's 20 right now. You you, you you just might get a really good LeBron out of that deal.
2: But do you bypass a top college player like a Brandon Miller from Alabama, someone like that, and elevate Ronnie, because you know you get it, and it's
4: obvious to everybody. I tell you, man. Listen, let me let me tell you this, man. The the NBA draft is probably one of the hardest things to predict, man. Because because let me see, we got Jason Tatum, and Lonzo Ball went before him. Like it's hard to predict, like who's going to do what once they're that in was the league. That call
2: with uh Alonzo Ball, you know what it was. He was an L.A. guy. The dad made it clear he only wants to play for Lakers. Lakers, Lakers, Lakers. Magic Johnson was responsible for that pick at the time in the Lakers front office. If you didn't take Alonzo Ball and he turned out to be a star, it's hard to live down. So even though know, some people thought like Jason Tatum should go ahead of him, Jason Tatum was considered more a lunch-tail type player, and Alonzo Ball was considered the glitzy L.A. type. So they made the Alonzo Ball, and look, they would have been better off with Jason Tatum,
4: obviously now. But uh, let me back to your question. Hey, um, I'm a, I'm a Piston fan, and we won a championship back in 2004, and we were competitive up until like 2008. Since 2008, we have been completely trashed. Uh, I say, bring Brownie and bring LeBron. Let's go. We you ain't got nothing to lose. You get LeBron.
2: This, you know, the Pistons. Yeah. Worst case yeah. scenario, you at least gonna get to the play-in the minute You know. Mm-hmm. He'll come back. He'll make A Cunningham better. You know?
4: He'll, um, He's going to bring someone else with him, too. People are going to latch on. You probably get old That's AD, a too. Point. Come on, AD. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, AD,
2: come. you mentioned a great point. Someone yeah. else might come on board. Maybe even a distance like Kyrie. You yeah. Kyrie, you never know. What, uh, what there they go. Kyrie there there just, right there there just wants his money. I think he'll go anywhere that's going like, to pay him the money.
1: Dallas, everyone's hey,
2: to- money when comes to shove. Are they going to do that? Are they going to break the bank
0: for the biggest contract possible? Mm. I don't- I don't know well folks let's say we're getting to the top of the hour right now greg thanks for coming in it's always fun having you aboard greg from his restaurant uh great kitchen out there in rockville connect if you can't stop in try some of something great great food. so uh, greg have a great one and we'll see you again next week and uh folks thanks for tuning in all the comments and the views and we love having you we'll see you tomorrow on the mac and jack sports show friday edition Where we have Keith Angle, we have former uh, New York Giants wide receiver Byron Williams, and we also have the crazy Philly sports guy. Thanks again, folks. (laughs) Have a great Thursday. Hey, Jack, always a pleasure, man. Matt,
4: love you. You too. Stay here, Craig.